Welcome to the Tactics Meeting, Episode 6, Welcome Back, IOSA, for Monday, February 15th, 2021. I'm Dan Smiley, and I'll be your host as we talk to subject matter experts about response tactics and technology. I'm here with Tony Parkin, the new executive director of the Island Oil Spill Association. Tony, welcome to the program. Well, great, thank you. We are glad to be here. We're here in Friday Harbor. I've been here five weeks now, and um, it's uh, it's good. We had snow. I came from down from Anchorage after retiring from BP. Tony, can you tell us how you first got involved in oil spill response? Right. So, so I, um, as I mentioned, I retired from BP, but I've been doing oil spill response since the Exxon Valdez. So for many years, I did um, oceanographic and geophysical surveys. And um, I was working in Anchorage doing some uh, deep water oceanography and um, the Exxon Valdez happened. So I got asked to join the long-term impacts of that event. So I spent two or three years working for a consulting firm and we were doing tissue samples. We weren't doing response. We were doing more of the uh, of the fate and effects of the oil. And that started me in oil spill response. Um, after that, uh, I was still in Anchorage and I went on the prestige spill in, uh, in Spain. Uh, we took equipment over from Valdez. I was working for Alieska Pipeline Company. And uh, a lot of what we did there was prevention, but I was the project manager for wildlife response and non-mechanical response. And then moved into compliance, writing oil spill plans and planning drills and exercises with the tanker companies. And um, I took some time away from industry and worked for the Regional Citizens Advisory Council in Valdez, which is funded by, uh, by the um, Oil Spill Pollution Act and worked with the communities impacted by oil throughout Prince William Sound and down Kodiak. And then uh, Macondo happened. And so I got asked to go down to Macondo and work there for quite a few months in the Gulf of Mexico. And I ended up as the science advisor for the response as a contractor to BP, which led to my career at BP working on the North Slope based in Alaska. Um, dealing with crisis management, which was oil spills and everything else. So BP left Alaska. I did not want to leave and, uh, Alaska at that point and go to, back to Texas. Um, so I took early retirement. That didn't last very long. I saw this job and it was an opportunity to come to a great place, uh, working with a great organization and community people and still be an oil spill response. So here we are, five weeks later, we're on the ground. Well, that's, that's amazing. So for those who don't really know, can you tell us what Island Oil Spill Response Organization really is? What What is IOSA? It's, uh, it's a 30 year old organization. Um, I have to give credit to Julie Knight. It was her vision um, to create this community-based volunteer-based organization to uh, respond to our local oil spills in our region. So we have equipment, uh, we have uh, boom, we have a large 45-foot 
uh, vessel for deploying boom. We have smaller boats for towing boom. And we have around about 100 plus volunteers. And these people are island-based mostly, uh, but they are some from the peninsula and the mainland. But we provide training. We provide uh, uh, whopper training and wildlife training and safety training and uh, introduce them to ICS and have them available uh, to respond. They are here. They have eyeballs on the ocean. They're the local people. They know the habitat. They know the communities. And they, need, they want to protect what we have. At the moment, we're in a rebuilding phase. So I'm having the boats brought back up to speed. We're still doing training, but COVID has stopped that from being in person. And um, our database is intact, and we are about to submit, uh, resubmit a PRC, um, primary response contractor application to the state. So that's kind of where we are right now. You were heavily involved, or IOSA was heavily involved in wildlife capture and rehabilitation. At one point, they were uh, a licensed wildlife rehabilitator. That might have been Julie herself that was licensed or, or, or certified. What role is IOSA going to have in the wildlife community going forward? So um, the wildlife training that we've been giving recently is, is through FOCUS over in Anacortes. And um, having been the wildlife response coordinator in, in Alaska for Alaska Pipeline, our role there was capture and transportation of wild, oiled wildlife or impacted wildlife. And here we're going to ramp up our training uh, to give our people more hands-on experience. As you know, in a wildlife response, there are many, many different things that need to be done. Number one is, is observations. We can do that. The capture, we will always, I think, be under the, it will be within the ICS organization and we'll have agency people with us. So we will be providing crews to assist under their direction. If it is capture and handling, we'll be trained to do that. And we're going to change the training up a little bit. We'll be transportate, trans, transporting wildlife probably back to Anacortes or wherever the rehab uh, and, and, um, and the location is that the world wildlife will be going to. And our, our folks on the ground here will be doing a lot of observation, uh, hazing, uh, where we will be training our people to do hazing. And we'll be providing assistance under their guidance for um, everything else. When I went to Prestige, most of the volunteers in the wildlife world were doing things like chopping bait to feed, feed the uh, the animals after they have been cleaned. There's a ton of different things that need to be done. And we will make sure that we're trained to do that. So on the response side, uh, going out and uh, deploying boom, what kind of training is ongoing at this point? So again, because of COVID, we haven't done in-person. We've been doing Zoom training. And it's basically an introduction to ICS. It's an introduction to the equipment that we have. Many of our volunteers have decades of experience of working with IOSA, so they're not new to this. I remember 
when I was with Clean Sound and I was going out to do a equipment deployment with IOSA, and you know, I was thinking they're volunteers, and and we're the professionals. We, you know, we're licensed captains. We're able seamen. We've got all this fancy equipment. And Julie was given a briefing before the deployment, and one of the things she, she was going through was all of the responses that they had been on. And we, as a a, a state oil spill response organization we really only responded to our membership in the oil industry, but they responded to, you know, to every, you know, grounded sailboat and fishing vessel and whatnot. So while we did like six responses the previous year, they'd done like 80. Mm-hmm. They were really incredibly busy and I had to go, okay, maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe you guys know what you're doing. So in, in my career, the big spills that I've dealt with have been pretty much every decade or more. And these are the big events. And these are the, the Valdez, the Prestige, the Macondos. They're the big ones. But I've done more responses for grounded vessels and fishing boats and fueling docks and people burping or actually sinking vessels in Valdez. And so the people here, this is their backyard. They are here. They walk down the hill here in Friday Harbor to look at the boats and see what's going on. And they have responded, and I've got the number here somewhere, hundreds of events over the life of, of IOS. And it might just be as simple as eyeballs on a sheet, or it could be booming, and we, we've done that around a sunken vessel. There's a couple of things here. Vessels do sink. There's more people on the water now than there have been ever. Vessels do, do tend to run aground. If you can imagine a scenario that's most unlikely to happen, it will happen uh, on, on the water with, with boaters. And so we can surround sunken vessels or abandoned vessels. Uh, we can certainly deploy, deploy boom, absorbent pads. We'll be the first ones on, on the scene. So how do we go about calling IOSA out? In years past, we could get through the sheriff's department. Is there a number that we call you directly? How is that set up today? So right now, that is still in place. Um, Brendan Cowan, who uh, was the acting executive director before I came along, he is the Department of Emergency Management for San Juan County. But my number is 360-468. Three four four one. That is the phone I carry with me all the time. So spills here are called in to the sheriff's department. They have a list of call-out information that they can use. In order to get our PRC, we will be coming up with a communications plan, so it's not just me. I have a go bag that I carry with all of my volunteers' phone information in it. But I'm, I want to stress, um, our boat captains are not inexperienced. So we have ex-ferry captains, we have tug captains, we have people with 50-ton licenses. Everyone has to have a Washington State voters card, an understanding of ICS. And so I have begun to instigate a competency testing for our captains. So we're going to do a train-the-trainer. And then we're going to make sure that the captains that we have understand the safety aspect of what they're doing, how they tow, 
the vessels that we have. And we're also looking at vessels of opportunity. That's something a little bit more down the road around insurance and training. There is a system in place. And when we submit our PRC application, there will be a robust comms plan. Well, I'm excited that IOSA is ramping back up in this way. Is there anything else that you like the response community here in the Pacific Northwest to be aware of? For oil spills, it's never really a win-win situation. Um, I'm more than aware of that. Um, I have to really temper expectations. I, I don't want to be a downer about this, but but we will not enter into a PRC uh, situation that we cannot fulfill. And I'm very conscious of our geographical spread here of the islands, our, our capabilities and what we have ready to go. But these people are passionate and I'm passionate about oil spills, but these volunteers are, are amazing people. And some of them have been around since it began. And so their knowledge and their experience is my asset. And I will uh, work pretty darn hard to bring IOSA back up to their expectations and also be a, a viable response organization. We are partially funded by the county now, which is a, a great relief, but that, that's partial. So we are still uh, getting grants. We're still pursuing grant money. We are outfitting a large workshop and warehouse here on San Juan Island. I will be going to all of our, our caches of equipment to pull everything out of the trailers and make sure everything's ready to go. And I will be keeping everyone uh, up to date of when we are officially back in the PRC world. Well, that's exciting. Well, Tony Parkin, welcome to the community and thank you so much for coming on the show today. Dan, thank you very much. Um, we do have our uh, website back up again. Um, every Monday morning, I do the IOSA Facebook update. We have a newsletter. We have people that are, are very, very interested. We have some younger people that want to get involved. And we're working with, this, with so many different groups. There's the, the, uh, the Stranding Network. Um, some of those folks are our volunteers. Uh, we have representatives from each of the islands. And, uh, you know, for me, this is a perfect job. It's very exciting. So thank you, Dan. Thanks for having me. Before you go, can you give us yes. your email address and give us your phone number one more time? Yes. So uh, I have the worst email. I thank Brendan for that. But it's Tony P at IOSA online or one word dot org. And my phone number is 360-468-3441. I'm on the end of the dock at Spring Street uh, Landing in Friday Harbor. Come and see me. Yeah. Thank you, Tony. Thank you very much. Have a good day. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Tactics Meeting and our meeting with Tony Parkin as he breathes new life back into the Island Oil Spill Association. If you enjoyed the show, please tell a friend, send a tweet, put it on Facebook. And as always, stay safe.